Hey, hello, hello, hello. I am back and with episode five of DCMT. I am super excited for this episode because in this episode, the main thing that I will be doing and talking and discussing with you, or at least I guess telling you, is ranking the DC movies or the DCEU movies. It would be interesting to do this also for DC animation, but that also be a lot. So maybe I would just do the DC animated universe. You know, the it's like 16 films that are all connected. Maybe I can rank those. Okay, I already went off on a tangent, <laughs> but yes, today I will be ranking the DCEU movies, and I have shared my ranking before, but it has changed a little bit, so I really wanted to discuss it in a full podcast episode where I have all this time on my hands. So, I am super excited. I don't know if this, <laughs> people who know me probably already know what at least my favorite is, or top three, or whatever. I don't think this list is going to make anyone upset, or actually maybe, because, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot, so <laughs> whenever. Whenever I share anything about what I like in DC, someone has something to say, but this is why it's called DCNT. This is the purpose. I love <laughs> I'm so happy I came up with this name because it really does, you know, encompass everything of what I want to do on this podcast. <laughs> so I don't think there will be a separate section for comics today because I really will just be going into ranking all of the DCEU movies. So from my counting, or from, I think I numbered it correctly, hopefully, I counted 11 films in the DCEU. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to say just DC, but then I'm not including Joker in this, and you know, I'm not including like, you know, The Dark Knight, I'm just including things like, you know, Shazam, Aquaman, those films, because then if I just say DC, then that would include things like Joker, who's, you know, is not connected. But honestly, oh man, that would have been awesome. <laughs> That also would have been an interesting ranking, is ranking the uh, live-action DC films overall, including things like Joker, Dark Knight. Oh man, maybe I'll do that another time. Oh my goodness, I'm already coming up with ideas. Okay, so let's get into the ranking. So at number 11, out of 11, so, you know, means it's the worst, <laughs> is I wrote down in my notes, Justice League. Um, what is this movie, you guys? I actually don't remember. I don't recall what this is. I don't know this movie. Um, so I can't really give, you know, really good commentary on whatever Justice League is. Um, so I'll just move on to number 10. Uh, at number 10 is Suicide Squad. So 2016, um, David Ayer's um, Suicide Squad. Well, really not because we still need an Ayer cut. But so 2016 Suicide Squad. My, okay, look. It does have some good moments. It has great casting choices like Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Will Smith as Deadshot. Like the casting is great and the characters are interesting. But the problem with this movie is that it doesn't really focus on those characters. It focuses so much on getting to the main plot. And there's nothing wrong with being focused on the story, but it doesn't really focus, it doesn't focus on story. It focuses on plot, like getting to that big bag, getting to that um, third act, you know, the big fight or whatever, getting the people together, taking down the main villain and so on and so forth. It's just the different pieces moving. And so it just feels very empty. Um, so for me, this movie just falls flat because of that, and that's why it's at number 10. So, um, but like I said, I would love to see an air cut because I want to see what, what was this movie, you know, originally supposed to be. I feel like David Ayer had some type of vision with this, and then if it's something that, um, is so very drastic, I don't see any problem with having an air cut. Like, what is wrong with the director's cut? Um, to me, there's nothing wrong with that, so... I want to see it, but at this point in this version, 2016, Suicide Squad is at the bottom. So at number nine is Wonder Woman 1984 because I feel like when this movie first came out, I was kind of nice to it, but the more I thought about it, the more I analyzed it and I did rewatch it, I just have so, so many problems with it. I will, I do have a couple uh, positives. Let me go into that first before I get into the negatives, but it's a lot of negative. Um, so positives, in some ways, I didn't like how, um, Diana, you know what, why am I being so nice in this movie? I'm so dumb. Never mind. You know what? I was trying to be nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Even my nose, I was trying to be nice in this movie. No. I actually don't like how Di Diana was portrayed, because I feel like when I first saw this movie, I actually liked that they showed that, you know, 
compassionate peacemaker aspect of, of one woman but at the same time the more i thought about it and, and like i don't think it's really true to the character and i keep on thinking about the last well not the last podcast i did but it was my second episode where i talked about wonder woman and how i just feel like patty jenkins does not understand her and doesn't understand that diana can be a warrior and still compassionate at the same time i actually don't like how it's separated um i think that's a main problem with this movie is that you have this separation from her first film to whatever this is and it's all bright and colorful and like she doesn't have her sword and shield anymore she just has her lasso and there's a bunch of pink and shit <laughs> like and then you know she plays this like peacemaker role and like look and i also just don't like how she's powered down so much i'm like diana should not be defeated by the wind she does she should not be defeated by the wind <laughs> and the thing is some people are um, saying like oh she was powered down in the beginning but i'm like she has her full powers by the end of the movie <laughs> so i feel like this movie did like disrespected the character in a way or at least like it can be a way that others can disrespect the character now because she was not at her strongest she was not at her best it just wasn't it did not portray her well at all i don't know why it was so nice this movie when it first came out i do like the scene where she learns how to fly for the first time it was emotional and i like that she learned how to fly because of steve in a way it was very sweet and everything and it was again emotional i did feel that moment but as a movie overall i think this it, it, uh, God, it has so many problems. <laughs> it has so many problems. Honestly, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think, I think the only reason this may rank this is actually close to Suicide Squad is only ranking above because I like this character. But then they didn't do the character well, so what the hell? Um, uh, a positive, I guess. I did like Maxwell, Maxwell Lord, even though he wasn't really Maxwell Lord. So, ooh, okay. <laughs> um. I mean, I liked his power of granting wishes and what he could choose to take away for payment. And I think because of the writing and the acting from Pedro Pascal, it made me sympathize. It made me sympathize with the character, but it's not really Max Lord. I don't. Okay, I don't understand DC's problem, and I'll go into Birds of Prey. But I'm really tired of them having characters be like Black Mass or Max Lord, and are not really those characters. They're only those characters in name. It's really annoying um negatives okay that was the already <laughs> i already went to negatives but my main negatives were the writing the tone and the action the action was very cartoonish it just looked very strange i could just kind of see what they were going for with the whole 80s vibe and maybe being homage to um the uh was it the 80s you know the wonder woman show that was going that happened but <laughs> it i don't i personally i do not think it worked out this movie has so many problems <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, this movie has so many problems. I think Barbara should have been taken out because they didn't do anything with her character really and her character could have been fleshed out in another movie. It didn't pair well with, um, it could have just had Maxwell Lord. And then I hated, I well, I absolutely hated the way that they did Steve coming back or, you know, Steve's body and everything. And I did um, talk about this in that, podcast episode episode two but i just think god it's just so awful it is so awful <laughs> because it's just crazy that steve i really thought when steve came back that it was him but other people would see somebody else so she could still be with him or whatever but the fact that it's just like his consciousness and a guy's body who was just alive the other day <sighs> so many issues with that is so many issues and i don't understand how anyone can like look even at a rough draft of the script and not see that that's a problem it's insane to me oh my god i'm like man i'm talking about this movie and i'm like why is it is it the worst like <laughs> i mean suicide squad has so many problems though but god the more i talk about um 84 the the more i'm like finding problems with it oh my gosh <laughs> this is not good Man, I'm doubting my ranking right now. Let me think about this. Let me think about this. Because even though I do like that emotional moment with Diana, and again, I do, without the whole Steve 
uh, his Steve's body thing. I do like the moments between Steve and um, Diana. I love Chris Pine as Steve, but I feel like those are the only positives. But at the same time, the only positives for Suicide Squad is really just the casting, but then nothing is done with that casting. So, you know what? I'll keep this ranking. Oh, okay, man. Okay, after this, to be honest, everything else I kind of like... <laughs> You know, I actually thought I would have, when I was ranking these movies, I thought I would have more movies that I would, you know, really get into, really dislike. But um, honestly, everything else, I have more positive. So that's great. So, and maybe this will be controversial. Again, I don't know what is controversial in a DC fandom. We are all, all over the place because we have Snyder fans, we have non-Snyder fans, we have DC Comics fans, we have just DCEU fans, we have Warner Brothers fans who aren't actually DC fans, they just act like it, but they just cape for Warner Brothers for no reason. We are all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. So, next. Next is number eight, and number eight is Shazam. This is actually lower than I thought it would be, and before all of you Shazam people come after me, even, but for real, like, I like Shazam. I do really like this movie, but it is not a movie that stays on my mind. I really forget about it all the time. I don't love it. And it's just, again, it's just not something I remember. It doesn't stay with me. It's like, oh my gosh, let me rewatch Shazam. I have to, I really like this. Let me recommend it to my friends who don't even watch things like this. No, it's just, I mean, I like the lighter tone of Shazam. I like, actually, Shazam isn't that light in tone. A lot of people think like, or trying to say Shazam is for kids or whatever. It's really not. The thing what I like about Shazam is that it has a light tone in some aspects, but the things they're dealing with is actually very serious. And I feel like sometimes people ignore that. And I think it takes a lighter tone without being ridiculous and the serious situations are still serious. And I think some other movies can kind of learn from <laughs> doing that. They can learn from this. And I really enjoyed uh, Zachary Levi and Jack Dylan Grazer. I love their dynamic and I love the, oh my goodness, I love the themes of family and chosen family. It's just, that's great. But at the same time, it's just not a movie I remember and I personally love. I like it. Again, I know it technically is ranked low, but it's because we're getting to the movies that I really like and, you know, top five is like things I love. So that is why Shazam is number eight. Boom. At number seven, this may, maybe this will surprise some people. I have no idea. I do have a lot of notes. I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> but at number seven um, is Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey also is another film that I do have some problems with. That's why it's at the middle of the pack. But there are so many things that I like about it. But before I get into the negative, let's get into the positive. Um... Margot Robbie as Harley. I love her. I will love her always. She is so great, especially in this movie. It's, man, so awesome. Um, and I love her narration. I love Journey Smollett as Black Canary. She is so amazing. I'm so happy she's getting her own movie, even though we want a series, but at least she's getting something. <laughs> um, the police station raid. I even love the whole gag with the egg sandwich. I don't know why every time I rewatch this movie, I love that whole sequence with the egg sandwich, but it's just, it's just, it's just so great. But um, even though I liked Ewan McGregor um, as Black Mask, like I said before, there was no reason for him to be Black Mask, especially, okay, spoilers for Birds of Prey, I'm sorry if you haven't watched it at this point, <laughs> but especially because they just kill him off in such a ridiculous way at the end and they just wasted a good villain. Um, it, if they're going to do that, it would have made more sense if he was just a random gangster because he really was Black Mask in name only and then he just had the mask, you know. Um, I think Weinstead, um, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead was great as Huntress, but Huntress just didn't have a lot of time to shine as like, you know, Harley and Black Canary. And getting into the negatives, like, it just felt like Harley and her backup dancers. And that's a problem <laughs> because my main problem with Birds of Prey is that it shouldn't have been a Birds of Prey movie. Like, God, let me repeat, this should not have been a Birds of Prey movie. I do respect that Margot Robbie wanted to highlight, you know, lesser known, well, I think, I think around the time she did say this somewhere, I have nothing to, you know, highlight or like source, but she did say, I think, <laughs> she wanted to highlight lesser known female DC characters, but I feel like by choosing Birds of Prey, 
it kind of does a disservice to another well-known female character, Oracle, aka Barbara Gordon, formerly Batgirl. Um, and I just so disappointed. Oh my gosh, I can't get over this because it's actually so disappointing to see her not to not see her in a team that she originated. And not only that, but the leader, even though Harley is not the leader, but still, like, it's just very strange that she is the connection, you know, between them. It's not like she goes and finds them. But it's still strange that, like, it's Harley who is, you know, with the Birds of Prey, who used to date the Joker, and the Joker, like, you know, is the reason that Barbara became Oracle. Why? <laughs> Why? And, no, and then both Renee Montoya... I feel, and then Cassandra Kane were unnecessary. I think Renee Montoya wasn't bad, but I just wish if it's gonna be Birds of Prey that both Black Canary and Huntress had gotten more time. Um, and Cassandra Kane, oh my gosh, I can't even speak on the atrocity of whatever they did in Birds of Prey. I don't care. I do. I do not care if you like this movie. The actress is fine. I'm not I'm not gonna be one of those people who attacks the actors or the actresses or whatever. No, that's trash. But the character and the writing and what they did, what in the world? I'm like, again, how? This is not Cassandra Kane. <laughs> what in the world? Like just give her a new identity, just come up with an original character at that point. Oh my god, that was so 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 bad. And then um, with the action sequences, even though the police station raid is one of my favorites, it's so awesome, as I said. Um, I think the other action in the movie is really weak. I don't know why people who love this movie really love that final funhouse scene um, with, you know, all the women, you know, fighting the people who are coming after them. And I know it's supposed to be chaotic, but it doesn't do it well. <laughs> It doesn't do it well. Like, at times, this whole scene felt just disjointed. And while I had, like, funny moments, it just wasn't choreographed well. If it was going to be chaotic, I actually wish it was something similar to, like, what they did um, in the first Kingsman movie. Like, that's pure chaos, but it's choreographed so well. I mean, like, you feel it as you're watching it. With Birds of Prey, it just feel like, it felt, like, all over the place, but not not in the best way. So I didn't really like the third act of the movie, especially that's when Black Mask dies. So... I think with this movie, I like the first two-thirds if I ignore some character-related things. And then the third act, I just don't like it that much. So <laughs> that's why it's number seven. Well, number six is actually very, very close to number five. But I don't, th I don't think it's a tie, so I'll just say number six. So number six is Aquaman. I do really, really, really love Aquaman. <laughs> I was so nervous for this movie, but I was really happy because I ended up really loving it. Um, and I was very skeptical going in. And I think James Wan was a great choice for a director. I think Jason Momoa is a great choice for Aquaman. I like his energy. Um, Cause I really, I man, I really thought this movie was gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> it has very energetic uh, action, fun characters. I honestly, I really think it deserves to be nominated for uh, at the Oscars for VFX. I really think it got snubbed because, oh man, when you look at Aquaman, it is so beautiful. It is such a beautiful film, especially when I go to Atlantis. And my favorite things with this movie, I think, again, it's directed, it's directed really well. Um, even that sequence where they go into the, um, the trench, you know, and it's like, you know, kind of a horror element to it. I, I really like it. It's visually so interesting. Um, I like the production design. I actually like this is another movie. Well, this is an example of a movie. <laughs> one of the first in this list where I like the final act. Um, I think Shazam, I like the final act too, but yeah, it's, it's different. But yeah, I like the final act. I like the writing. I like how sh uh, showing how um, Arthur becomes Aquaman. I actually, I feel like this movie needs to get a lot of more credit for how it makes Aquaman's suit work in live action. I, I never thought they could make Aquaman's yellow and you know and green suit work in live action but somehow it's possible I did not realize <laughs> I really did not think it was gonna work but it's beautiful I love all the costumes Man, I really like this movie um and again I love the spectacle of the final act and how it all goes down and I like how Mira's um I like how Mira's uh powers are portrayed um and I think they did a good job with that at least with um yeah so that is my number six <laughs> um aquaman 
So number five is The Suicide Squad. So we're getting into my top five. So number five is The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. And I really like this movie. I really do. Again, it is kind of close to Aquaman because, you know, I really like both of them. But I think it edges out um, Aquaman just because The Suicide Squad has more characters that I really love. Like, I really love um, Harley, Rick Flagg. I cannot believe... (laughs) This movie made me like Rick Flagg, but then it took it away from me. Oh my god. <laughs> By the way, I do, I want to establish here and now, I'm not watching Peacemaker. I kind of was going to give Peacemaker a chance, but just because I liked The Suicide Squad doesn't mean I'm going to like Peacemaker. Like, I don't know why they gave him a show. Why, 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 why? <laughs> and honestly, I didn't even have that many problems. I thought I was going to hate Peacemaker the entire movie. I didn't really have too many problems with him throughout the movie. But once he killed Rick Flag, I just, I was so done with his character. <laughs> I was so done with his character. I really was. But in terms of the actual movie, I do like, again, it, I like the first act. I like the second act. I like the third act. It flows really well. I actually think James Gunn did a good job with these characters. Um... I, I loved Harley. I loved how all of her outfits. Um, there were some jokes that felt a bit flat for me, but honestly, that's James Gunn, so whatever. Um, so that's why it's <laughs> that's why it's at number five. I think it's because it is kind of the same level of Aquaman, but it just has more characters I really love, and I love the style of this movie as well. Like the way it's shot, it's very colorful without being like sickening, like <laughs> Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I love the title cards. You know, this is great. I would like the Suicide Squad. It would be is like a fun rewatch as well. I think all of my top six actually I could rewatch over and over and over again. You know, number four. And I feel like as we get into you know top four, top three, top two. If you know me, you're already guessing what like <laughs> what my selections are. But number four is the first Wonder Woman that came out in 2017, I believe. I actually did not write that down. <laughs> but it came out in 2017, directed by um, Patty Jenkins. Man, I really hope it came out that year because that's what I'm remembering. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Again, I, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I do think Gal Gadot is perfect as Diana, even though sometimes I just don't like Gal Gadot personally. But she's perfect as, you know, Diana Prince. I love the uh, No Man's Land scene. I think everyone honestly loves that. Um, But at the same time, I think all the action sequences are really good. Um, I love the music. And I like that this movie shows what kind of what I was talking about. It shows Diana as the warrior she is, but it also shows her compassion when she's looking at the horrors of war and um this is world war one right yeah the first one (laughs) um i really like showing her compassion um but also her warrior status like that's why i didn't like how 84 was such a departure or just such just such opposite and then you got it so perfect on the first round (laughs) so perfect on the first round and then somehow you just stomped all over that it's so weird um, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, he's amazing. Honestly, he's amazing in everything, but <laughs> Steve Trevor is really great. I think the characters are really written really well, and I think that's another thing I really love about this movie is the writing. Not just the directing, but um, the writing, um, I think, by Alan Heinberg. Man, it's so good. I think the directing, the writing, paired with the music and the casting and then the actors, like this movie just comes together so well. <laughs> and also, Zack and Deborah Snyder were producers on this film, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. But I'm not going to be one of those people, by the way, I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, oh, Patty doesn't do anything. Like, oh, it was just, it was just because of Zack Snyder or whatever. And that, Deborah Snyder and they were producers and that's the only reason why this movie worked. No, I think it's because they all work together. I'm not going to take this achievement away from Patty. I do think she did a good job directing the first Wonder Woman and it's because of the writing as well and it's because of the music and it's because of the production and the producers. They all work together well. (laughs) So I don't like when people do that and try to say like, oh, but Zach probably did everything behind the scenes because I also think that's garbage Um, and I think that's rude. So that's my number four is Wonder Woman. Okay, okay, okay. We are getting, well, we are at the top 
three. And honestly, if you have been tracking the movies I've been saying, you know what the top three is. But I do wonder if you can guess the order of, you know, what's number three, what's number two, and what's number one. But honestly, we all know, honestly, my top three is this, the whole trilogy from Zack Snyder. So at number three, though, is Batman v Superman. <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> I love this movie so much. And it's very interesting because I feel like um, I did see this in theaters and I liked this movie the first time I saw it, but I feel like at the same time, the first time I saw it, it wasn't something I really appreciated. I didn't um, really understand what I was trying to say the first time, I have to be honest. And it was something I went back and rewatched and I just really, really fell in love with the whole story. I like, oh, I just understood it, like, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's because also I re I watched the Ultimate Edition, which really pulls everything together. So yeah, I should say Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition because really that's the you know the true vision. Um, I just God, I just love this film. I just love this film. Um, the thing is, I do. Um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. So. I don't know why. I do not know why the whole Martha thing caused such a controversy. Like, oh my gosh. Like, people who love this movie, you know, even people who love Man of Steel, we know the struggle. Like, people cannot let this shit go. <laughs> they cannot let it go. This movie came out five years ago or, wait, six? I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, a while ago. It's been years. Guys, guys, come on. It's been years. Can we please let go of the Martha thing? And the thing is, I feel like people who talk about the whole, about um, Clark saying Martha do not even understand. The whole point is that, sometimes I'm tired of explaining these movies to people because, again, it's been years at this point. If you don't get it now, I don't know how I'm going to explain it to, better to you because at this point, you just don't want to like the movie. But the whole point is that Bruce saw this person or, you know, saw Kal-El as, an, you know, an alien. You know, he saw him as some, he wouldn't see him as someone even having a mother, having, oh, he's lived on this earth, he probably has a human mother, has people who care about him. And the fact that his human mother is named Martha, who is also, um, that's the name of his mother. Like, yes, it's the coincidence, but then he's flashing back to when his um, when his father was saying Martha when he, they were dying. So he was realizing that <laughs> God, he was realizing that he became that dark person in the night trying to take this person out um, and taking them away from their Martha, their person, their people who care about them. He became that adversary, that negative thing. Um, <sighs> I'm tired of explaining Martha. <laughs> like, people only focus on, like, oh, why would he say Martha? Blah, blah, blah. Like, God, you're ignoring the whole point. Like, you're ignoring the whole point that he realized that Bruce, like, Bruce realized he was the villain in his story. That this person has emotions. He's not evil. He's not going to be some dictator. Like, that's the whole point of that scene. <laughs> and, like, I really like that. And the thing is, even though I didn't appreciate this film the first time I watched it, I never misunderstood that scene. So I don't understand why other people do even after, you know, explaining it to them. It's very weird. But other than that, <laughs> I love this movie. I love the music. I love showing, you know, really, you know, Bruce the detective and Lois Lane the investigator. I love how everything is really explored and, you know, diverged more into um, the Ultimate Edition. Again, I love Clark in this movie. Um, not just showing him as Superman and, you know, just trying to be a guy who helps people, but showing his journalism side and trying to investigate, um, you know, the bad in Gotham and really trying to tell Perry White what they should write about, but of course they can't because they have to write things that, you know, sell. Um, I just, it's so great. I love Lex. Like, Lex and his, okay, people don't like Lex Luthor or whatever, but, and again, I was a bit skeptical when I saw uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex, like, just the physical photo and everything. I, but man, his theme, his planning, how he put it all together, even the courtroom scene. Oh my gosh. I will never forget the courtroom scene with the uh, Grady's Peach Tea, the tension. This movie is just, oh, it's so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> 
And you know how sometimes you just love something, you have to take a moment to pause and just bask in the glory of it. That's how I feel about honestly all my top three. <laughs> but Batman v Superman is one of my fav favorite, you know, DCEU movies, DC movies, and just comic book movies in general. It, I it's so great. It's so fantastic. Oh, next is number two. You have five more seconds to guess <laughs> what is number two and what is number one. But um, number two of my DCEU ranking is Man of Steel. So, <laughs> man, as you know, I have talked and talked and talked about this movie. Um, and I, again, even on just on this podcast, I've already done like two different episodes about it. <laughs> but I love Zack Snyder. I love Henry Cavill's Superman. Um, I love that Superman is approached in a realistic manner. I get really tired of people saying like, oh, it's dark or blah, blah. Like, okay, sometimes real life is dark, but just because something is realistic doesn't mean it's depressing, even though, you know, real life sometimes isn't always happy and smiley. But I really like how, I just like how the Superman is approached like a real person and who has doubts. And especially in the beginning, he doesn't know always the right thing to do. Um, and I think that's, I think that's so fascinating. Like one of my favorite scenes of this movie, other than the most obvious scenes, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is when Clark goes back home. Um, is when Clark goes back home, and he tells you know Martha that you know his mom, that he found his people, that he found out where he came from, and it's just such, it's such a great scene. For a second, Martha's a bit scared that he's gonna leave, and he comforts her. And I'm like, I just love. It's so it's such a small scene and sometimes I feel like people forget about that scene but it's just so awesome I it's so sweet and just it just encompasses it just encompasses Clark Kent so well like he's so happy that he found out where he's from but doesn't mean he's going to abandon um where he grew up or abandon the people who you know raised him so awesome so great and with Man of Steel I do love that both the plot and the character prosper like you have a really good story that is you know step by step takes you through i actually like how it goes back with the flashbacks um because i feel like the flashbacks are placed the flashbacks are placed really well um and then again i feel like there's a purpose to every scene there like if a scene isn't like you know plot driven is character driven and vice versa or even both at some point is then it gets the you know the third act where everything just comes together so well and with the flashbacks, I really love that as a character study of Clark Kent. And I, man, the, I love the main theme of this film and that it's hope. And man, <laughs> I just kind of stumbled over my words. I love this movie so much. I love this movie so much. I can watch it over and over again. I love Superman. I feel like sometimes people don't realize just how much I love Superman, especially when Superman is done so well and he's not this um just surface level character like i really feel like man of steel explores him so well and henry cavill really taps into him um and again i love the main theme of theme of hope both from you know clark's adoptive parents to his birth parents and it seems strange but even there is hope with zod even though he's a villain of the movie but he still has the hope that krypton can live on in some way so I always think the main theme is hope. I know some people think the main theme is choice, and I do I do think that's obviously there. But I think the main theme is hope. <laughs> um, again, Zod is a great villain. I love how he's so he's so relentless. The music by Hans Zimmer. I just well I still listen to it. I think <laughs> I think some of the music from Man of Steel got on my Spotify Wrapped. That's how much I still listen to this soundtrack. It's so amazing. I think this movie is visually stunning. The visual storytelling with this movie is amazing. I do think Zack Snyder is a visual storyteller um, when it comes to m most of his movies, to be honest. And it's just so funny. Before I became a fan of Zack Snyder, I was hearing people say like, oh, he's a visual storyteller and that's why you're not understanding this or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I would think, aren't, aren't most people, are most directors visual storytellers? Like you know movies are a visual medium they should be visual storytellers so it wasn't until i really got into watching um 
Zack Snyder's films, like Sucker Punch or something, that I really understood what they're saying. I just feel like Zack Snyder is not the kind of person who is going to... Maybe there'll be a little bit of exposition or something, but it's not really about that. He really communicates visually. Like, you have to see something, and then maybe another character will say something about something that you saw rather than that person has to really turn to the camera and tell you what just happened. It's just... <laughs> um, I think that's just the way Zack Snyder is, and I I love that about him. I, I that's why I love his movies. And again, I've already said this a few times, but other than you know that small you know kind of quiet scene with Clark and his mom, my favorite scene of this movie and in like of any like almost any comic book movie like has to be top five at least. <laughs> is um superman's first flight yeah it's so breathtaking i love this entire scene i love the music i love the way he stumbles and doesn't you know you of course know how to fly at first it's just i it's just iconic to me i will never i will never forget the scene it's just iconic i think henry cavill does so well and then when he smiles and he finally like t really takes off for the first time he's flying through the air oh my goodness it's it's wonderful it really is <laughs> so Finally to number one of me ranking the DCEU movies and obviously at this point you should know like what <laughs> what it is. But my number one is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, I love this movie so much and I actually before I get into my just kind of talking about it I wanted to read this blurb. I think right before I watched Snyder Cut is when um I got into Letterboxd. <laughs> or Letterboxd or whatever it's called, you know, the movie app where you can review things and, you know, log your movies and everything. And I think this is where it comes from because I wrote a little review for it. So I just wanted to read this blurb to you guys and because I feel like that encompasses <laughs> what I'm about to say. So anywho, let me read you this blurb that I wrote. I think it's on my Letterboxd, but I'm not sure. And I'm just assuming that's where it comes from. So what I wrote when this first came out, you know, my... I think the very same day, I said, <clears throat> Zack Snyder's Justice League is an amazing cinematic testament to the director's vision and proves that the DCEU is the strongest when it's not trying to be similar to Marvel and when it takes risks. It's an unapologetic ode to the Olympians and gods of legend with great writing, rich characters, and stunning visuals, like any classic Snyder movie. With a long runtime, but pacing and chapter breaks that make it feel like it passed by so quickly, is ambitious, sophisticated, and wholly entertaining. All the characters of the Justice League are at their best here, from the raw power and warrior prowess of Wonder Woman to the Flash's stunning action sequences. Watch this movie and you will understand why people are now, rightfully, advocating for to restore the Snyderverse. Man, I want to restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> I really do. Is it has it? I really think you know. Sometimes when you watch a movie, that's why sometimes I have to go back and rewatch movies. You know, after I think a lot of people do this just to see like, do I did I really love this movie as much as I thought I did? Um, and again, like right after you watch Snyder Cut, you do have that emotion like, oh man, like this is so good, <laughs> this is amazing. Why isn't the Snyderverse already restored? What is going on? Um, and then some people you would think, oh, maybe they'll fade because it's been months and maybe you won't be as passionate about it. Of course, you're passionate about it now because you've been waiting on this movie and you just saw it. It's great. Maybe it'll fade away. Um, it did not fade away. <laughs> that emotion did not fade away. I, re I really want the Snyderverse to be a thing. Every time, I swear to God, every time I watch the Snyder Cut, it's just a testament to how incompetent Warner Brothers is. It really is. Honestly, most things are. Like, most things are when you think about it. But especially the Snyder Cut. And the reason why it's number one for me, I just think this movie is amazing. It's so emotional. I think the editing of VFX is awesome. Again, the music is amazing. The music, the music, the music. <laughs> My, um... I had my, I think I already mentioned Spotify rap, but yeah, Spotify rap came out and my top artist was Junkie XL, just from how many times I listened to At The Speed Of Forest. And the thing is, um, I do like, I did like Junkie XL before this, but I wasn't listening to his music, you know, all of the time. So the fact that this came out in March and it was still on my Spotify rap and he, that he became my top artist, <laughs> my top artist. 
man, that's just that's crazy. Like that's how you know how much I love this music. It's it's so fitting with this um, with the story. And I think here Stefan Wolf is a really great villain with actual motivations. He's intimidating in some ways, but <laughs> I love how some people really love Stefan Wolf. Now he just wants to get home. He's so cute. I'm like he's not. That but I loved seeing the Justice League together. I love seeing them, them together as a team. And in a way, it's weird to say this, but I actually like that it was more violent, not just because of, you know, violence for violence sake, but I feel like the violence was appropriate to, um, it was an appropriate response to the threat that they're facing. And again, I always love comparing the Justice League to modern day Olympians in a way. It's just, I... Is so epic and I just love epicness <laughs> I guess also because I love mythology so I think that's very fitting and with the characters like I'll just go one by one I guess Flash I love that he's not the comic relief even though his, his jokes he still has jokes in this and it's so funny but he's not the comic, re comic relief he gets very dramatic moments as well um, like with his father and with the team so I can understand his motivations um, I think every single sequence of Barry running is visually stunning. I just cannot get over the lightning with the suit. I love his suit. And I also love that they emphasize that Barry is a scientist, so he understands what he's doing. He's not just running fa fast. <laughs> and oh my goodness, like as I said, at the speed of forest, I was consumed by it. So that scene where Barry is reversing time, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I can't believe I just used that word. That seems like so old-fashioned. But I really was. Like when I realized that Barry was reversing time and then I heard him speaking to his father, I was tearing up. Like that's why this movie is so emotional to me even though I feel like a lot of emotions, well even with Diana there's a lot, but a lot of the emotions actually came from Cyborg and I'll get to that. But I love Barry and Diana. Again, I love seeing the warrior returning. Um, I love seeing her raw power and the respect that is given to not only Diana but the Amazons and they're like the Amazons aren't like cannon fodder for Stephen Wolf like that scene when Stephen Wolf I mean I'm gonna go into a whole review of this movie again <laughs> but that scene when Stephen Wolf shows up um, at the uh, the where they have the mother box <laughs> like I feel like the Amazons were given so much respect and um, to show that they are warriors and Every time that Stephen Wolf, you know, um, what's the word, taunted Diana about the people that he killed, you know, her sisters, and man, I I think Diana was was done so well. Every time and it was just so funny. Every time she walked into a room, it was the ancient lamentation music or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, this is kind of hilarious, but it's so fitting with her character. And man, Ben Affleck, I just want more. God, he's so great. I want him to, to see him in everything. <laughs> he's so great as Bruce Wayne. He's great as Batman. He just, honestly, I can't even find a bad thing to say about Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, especially not in this movie. Um, what was I about to say? I lost my train of thought because everything is amazing. But <laughs> Cyborg, Gray Fisher as Cyborg, he really is the heart of this movie. Um, I think his powers his powers here are used in very interesting ways. I love the scene where he's discovering his powers and he decides to help the single mother. And I love that it was even foreshadowed beforehand when um, Cyborg's mom, you know, Victor's mom is talking to, I, I guess, the dean of his school because he hacked into the system to help another student. So they already planted that seed of, you know, who he was and who he is. Um, Man, he really is the heart of this movie. Because I was, after I watched Snyder Cut, I remember I was talking to a friend. <laughs> I was talking to a friend who doesn't really watch, you know, DC, Marvel, anything. So I knew she wouldn't care if I spoiled this for her. So I was talking about the scene where um, Silas Stone sacrifices himself. And, man, I was crying on the phone with her because I was talking about how he sacrificed himself and that cyborg had to see it and how I just felt that beforehand the that um I just felt from that scene that because his father saw him with the Justice League and he kind of you know evacuated everyone for him that he kind of saw that you know his son what he hoped for was doing 
hopefully doing good you know maybe assembling himself he found people like him maybe that's why i'm just you know trying to narrate hopefully what silas is thinking the fact that silas sacrificed himself because he had the hope that his son victor would solve the situation because he saw him with the justice league and then later on when cyborg was listening to the um the tape you know the uh, father twice over it's just oh my god i was crying on the phone with my friend because it was just it's just so, it's still so sad it's still so sad and i'm like laughing like giggling the fact that i was like crying to my friend who has not seen it she has still not seen this movie she did not know what i was talking about i was just i couldn't even speak man like i just the thing is with um Man, I don't know how to say this. It's just... <sighs> and the thing is with Cyborg, yes, he has anger towards the world um, that is warranted, but the fact that anyone could look at Cyborg and just think like, oh, he's the angry one, or oh, I don't want him to be, you know, such a big character, is garbage. Because... Yes, he has anger, but that's also that also comes from pain. That also comes from sadness. And I think the center cut did a really good job showing that he rose up from his pain and sadness. He took his place among the brave ones. I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> oh my god, that makes me so oh god. I do not want to cry right now, but I god I love cyborg so much. Goodness. Now I'm thinking about the uh, father twice over. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think Ray Fisher did a really good job portraying this, and uh, man, I just really wish we could get more from him as Cyborg. It's really just such it's such a waste of him. He 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 did such an amazing job. Okay, so <laughs> um um. <laughs> so with Aquaman, I actually really loved how Aquaman interacted with the team. I think he interacted great. Um, I love his moments with um, when he showed up. Man, I'm forgetting like locations. But when he showed up when um, when they confronted Steppenwolf the first time and he um, defended them against the wave, it was so visually stunning. I actually loved his morality of actually not wanting to wake up uh, Superman because you know letting him rest. Um, I love that he had kind of a different opinion also coming from his own situation of like not wanting to you know take up the mantle of king i think he was he wasn't just some surfer bro i really loved aquaman in this in this movie i loved all characters um and of course of course superman i love all the superman stuff um of course superman is in the movie less because he just shows shows up later but his presence oh my gosh his presence is felt throughout the entire movie um, I love showing his raw power as well. Um, and again, I really felt like when Superman came back after he had the fight with the Justice League, he, um, he was finally, in a way, when he um, came back to fight against Steppenwolf, he was like at peace with his powers. You could really tell the from Man of Steel to Batman vs. Superman to um, now to Justice League that he really grew. It was just so great to finally see this superman who was kind of like more confident and seeing that journey there it was that was that's so awesome <laughs> man this kind of became a mini review for <laughs> justice league or for the center cut but i did not mean to be that way <laughs> but i could honestly go on i can make a whole podcast episode about this because it's just it's the movie i really really love i love all of the trilogy of Zack Snyder's um justice league trilogy you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, um, and again, this movie Snyder Cut. I just, you know, not in that same order. Um, but again, yeah, I could go on all day. So I'm not, let me just stop there. Love this movie, love the characters, love the music, love the emotion. I do not want to cry when talking about Cyborg, so I need to move on. So to recap, we have at number 11, Justice League, again, don't remember, 10 suicide squad 9 wonder woman 1984 um 8 is shazam 7 is birth of prey 6 is aquaman 5 is the suicide squad 4 is wonder woman 3 is bbs 
Um, two is made of steel. Um, and then one is the Snyder Cut. So, what do you guys think of my ranking? Did it surprise you? Well, did anything surprise you? I feel like my top three didn't, but did any of the bottom ones, middle ones surprise you? I really want to know. <laughs> I wonder what you, your rankings are out there and whoever is listening to this. <laughs> but um, I do want to do more rankings. Someone did give me the idea of, well, I don't think they said rank the films, but they said, you know, talk about the Superman films and how I feel about not just Man of Steel, but all of them, even, um, you know, Superman Returns. So I don't know if that will be next week's episode, but I know I definitely will be doing that. I can even do that with the Batman films. I can do that with, like I said, DC Animation. I can have a whole month of just ranking <laughs> things and just going in and talking about them. So again, if there is anything, maybe I'll do a poll. You know what? Check, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll do a poll. We'll see. We'll see. Either check my Twitter or maybe I can do a poll on Anchor. So if you're listening on Anchor, <laughs> maybe go over there and see if I put a, a poll up. Honestly, Twitter is safer, but... <laughs> Listen on Anchor because usually yeah, that's the best way to listen. And oh my gosh, oh my god, that is why, y'all. I'm so done with myself. I totally forgot. I totally, totally forgot that this podcast, DCMT, finally reached 50 listeners. I mean, I meant to say that in the beginning, but I knew I was forgetting to write something down. But we finally list. We finally reached 50 listeners on Anchor, so I'm so happy about that because. That was really quick. That usually does not happen this quickly. So I'm so happy to all you guys for listening to all of my ramblings and my tangents about all things DC. <laughs> Love you all. Um, I don't know if I should do something to celebrate 50 listeners. Maybe I'll also ask that on my Twitter. We'll see. But yeah, thank you guys so much. I think that's so, so, so awesome. Man, I cannot, I cannot believe I forgot to mention that at the beginning. I knew I was forgetting something in my intro. I knew I was forgetting something. But yeah, that is this week's episode of me ranking the DCEU movies. Let me know what you think of my rankings. Honestly, I'll probably post a clip of this somewhere and see how people, uh, people's uh, passionate responses. You know, some people agree, some people don't. That's fine. I doubt anyone has the exact same ranking as I do. That's just because people's opinions are different, obviously. Um, and even when I was writing this down, I was kind of a kind of surprised where things ranked. I was actually surprised and I was thinking about it that Braze of Prey ranked uh, above Shazam just because I like Shazam, but it's just not a movie that I that resonates with me. And even with the negatives for Braze of Prey, I actually, re I actually like rewatching that movie. It's pretty fun. It's something I could watch with my friend who's not even into DC, but I think it's a fun movie if I get annoyed some character problems. As always, I love talking to you guys. I did give you a break this week from my little comic section, but I probably will not do that <laughs> next episode. But um, yeah, I love talking to you guys. Um, let me know what you think of my rankings, and I'll talk to you guys later.